Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Team Ability No Excuses podcast, bringing real talk to disabilities with no excuses. Chad, Andy, and good buddy Brett is back with us finally once again. Brett, say hi to everybody. How you doing? Guys, this is so much fun. I'm so glad to be back for what, fourth time maybe? I think it, I don't know how many we've actually published. I've lost count. We have tried to record uh, another episode with Brett for uh, two, three, four times now. So this seems like this guy has taken forever to get off the ground, but uh, hopefully we got no issues tonight. And uh, and this one makes it uh, to your, your podcatcher or however you're listening. And thank you again for listening, however you have been on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, on Anchor, any other outlet you're using. Can I tell a quick story about my weekend? You are 100% welcome to share a quick story. Ladies and gentlemen, quick story with Brett. So I went camping this weekend and everything was hunky-dory and I came back and wheeled into work on Tuesday morning and I started, uh, I went, like I, w- I was smelling something and I go, I, and I kept doing it for a good hour and uh, I'm saying to myself, what the hell smells like campfire? And oddly enough, because... I slept in my car and I left my chair outside my car. Mm-hmm. My uh, my wheelchair now smells like campfire. <laughs> like constantly, still. Yeah. I mean, there's a worse smell. That's, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's no. A, I thought you were gonna say you rolled through some bear shit or something. <laughs> no, no, no. And I mean, it, it's fine. It's a little overpowering, but. So your wheelchair smells like campfire. There is way worse things that your chair could smell like. Maybe uh, we're going down a road here that we weren't really intending to, but uh, listen, hey, what happens on the podcast stays on the podcast. Since we're sharing stories about our and, week and the internet, like, <laughs> and, and on, that's true, stays on the podcast and therefore on the entire internet. Um, since we're yeah. sharing stories, Brett, something happened to me this this week as a as a chair user, and I'm curious as it's ever happened to you. Can we pause for a minute? Okay, I wasn't saying that in a bad way. I was going to ask you guys. Obviously, Brett, you're a camper while you go camping. <laughs> Which therefore um, makes him a camper. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chad, you, you enjoy the outdoors as well, I right? do. I do occasionally. How is, how, is, uh, how is the wheelchair experience camping yeah. other than, <laughs> other, yeah, other than be, smelling like campfire? Go ahead, Brett. You go first. It can be hit or miss. When you say you were camping, you were like you were tenting, like actual camping? Well, I slept in my car, but oh, yeah, the fair. plan was to sleep in the tent. Yeah. And what was the terrain like? So I, I, cause I think that's kind of what that can be the hit or miss part is, is depending on what, what the terrain is like, right? Well, where, where I camped was actually a campground. Okay. So it wasn't. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it can be problematic, Andy. Absolutely. And I mean, you're, you're a sort of a casual chair user. I'm sure you have incorporate or have, uh, have discovered how, how difficult it can be to, to try and wheel on, you know, on long grass or on rough terrain. Um, I think I mentioned in a previous ex- episode of our, of our podcast, I, I recently, actually wasn't recently, May 2-4 weekend last year, so it's been a year now, uh, I purchased a freewheel, and uh, that's been a big help for any terrain that is not smooth ground. So a freewheel connects to the front of the chair uh, and essentially lifts your front casters off the ground. Uh, so anytime I know I'm going to be hoofing it on grass for an extended period of time, I will uh, use my freewheel and get the front casters right off the ground. Helps a lot. Yeah, right on. I, I, I don't like camping. I don't I mean outdoors don't 
necessarily get along. It's got nothing to do with my disability. I just, uh, I just don't, uh, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy it because when I, when I do it, it's, it's all right, but camping is never my go-to. Like, hey, you want to, we, we got vacation time coming up. Do you guys want to go camping? It's <laughs> not your ideal, I, not I your know. ideal getaway. Yeah. Um, I, I have to jump in with, with the story because I, I want to know if Brett has ever experienced this. It literally happened to me. Are we still talking about camping? No, no, no. This is, a, this is a non-camping. And again, it's all over the place, but I have to say it before I forget. This happened to me this week in my classroom. And I know it hasn't happened to you in a classroom, but I'm curious as to if it's ever happened. So we've got our students are getting these laptops out of the cart to work on this research project. Um, we've got a cart in our classroom with laptops and the kids are getting them out. And I wheel in behind this kid to get to my desk to get some paper out of the desk and start handing out this piece of paper to go along with this assignment. And Brett, I kid you not, I wheeled straight through a fart. This, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 like, it literally must have just happened. Like it was so bad. So bad. And and I mean, I, the, my students are all twice the size of me, right? So it is what it is. I, I am for, for, for definitely, I was going to say for better or for worse, but this was definitely worse. I am nose level with the anus at this point and I'm just <laughs> right right through the danger zone it was it was bad news it was bad news and that one had never happened to me before it took me 36 years for that to happen but I I don't want to do that one again that was no fun I tried to uh sort of pass it off in a uh, a nonchalant way but why one of my other students noticed the face that I made as I as I went through it and I've got a great rapport with this one student and uh and that student came up to me uh, quietly. And she's like, did you just wheel through a fart? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, that just happened. She, she's got a, um, a cousin. She's deeply connected to the CP world. She's got a cousin that uses a chair and has been through a lot of the same stuff that I have. Yeah, we are, ta- we are tackling, yeah. we are tackling Speaking important issues. issues let's try and get this train back on the, ra- on the rails. I think today we want to talk about adaptive equipment and why it is so bloody expensive and uh, some of our frustrations around that. I know that I've literally lived it in the recent weeks. Um, and so I think that's our one of our main goals today is just to talk about the extra stuff that people like us need. Um, and uh, and it's just part of our reality and, and why it sometimes can be so cumbersome and costly to do this stuff that uh, quote unquote normal people would do. And I, I, I don't say that word much, but able-bodied people call it what you will. Um, they, they don't have to uh, go through some of this stuff. And so um, <clears throat> my big one most recently, uh, my big one most recently, something that you guys have lived, you guys are both drivers, both have hand controls in your vehicles. Um, and I could not believe the cost associated with trying to get your vehicle ready to go. It just blew my mind uh, as recently as the last couple of weeks as I started to make phone calls about finally getting hand controls into my vehicle. I'm a 36-year-old father of three who is a non-driver, and it's just, I can't believe I'm not driving. It's getting so frustrating. The kids got all these commitments. I'm a musician who is gigging regularly on the weekends. I got to bring people with me to set gear up. It's just so frustrating. Um, and so I wanted to get driving 
started to make some calls about how to make that happen and was shocked to sort of find out the hoops you have to jump through, pardon the pun, to, to make that to make that go. So I'm gonna jump in with some specifics and you guys can you guys have both been driving for much longer than me. Um, so feel free to correct me if need be, or maybe it's the fact that that so much time has passed between the time you guys have had your license and me trying to get this happening. So I've had my G1 now for a year and a half. Um, and sadly, it's just sat in my wallet and I use it for legal identification purposes. That's about it. So I finally call. I find this place that's going to put the hand controls in at a, at a, a, I get my tax return. I get some extra cash. I'm like, okay, let's go do this. And the conversation, um, that was had was something along the lines of, and admittedly it was my wife, I was working, my wife Crystal made these phone calls for me and then and then got back to me by text and said, this is gonna take longer than we thought. And that's, I was being naive. I thought it'd be quick and simple, pay the people, bring the car, drop it off, controls get installed and you're good to go. You know, you start learning, because I got my G1, you start learning on the hand controls, right? So anyways, here's the long and short of it. Um, we have this conversation. They say, "Yep, no problem. Um, when you, you know, when you bring your car in, we'll need to see the prescription." And then the conversation is like, "You know, well, well, what, what prescription? Like from the family doctor, the prescription that says his legs don't work. I can, I can get that, no problem. No, you know, no, we need a prescription um, to put the hand controls in. And in order to get the prescription, you have to go for what they call a functional driver's assessment, which essentially determines what you are physically capable of." Um, and then they go from there. So, okay, now I'm calling around about a functional driver's assessment uh, from place to place. Uh, and the cheapest rate I could find for a functional driver's assessment was $645. So I said, what's involved with that? Yeah, what's involved with that? What's in, what does the $645 get me? I said, is there any coverage? They said, no, awesome, okay, great. Not covered by OHIP, might be covered by your employer, which it wasn't because it's considered occupational therapy. And I won't get into the benefit package that I have as a teacher, because that's for neither here nor there, but occupational therapy is not covered. Um, so $645, I said, what does that get me? They said, it's a two hour appointment. Um, it's an hour and a half clinical assessment and then a half hour road test. Okay, so the clinical assessment basically determines what you are capable of motor-wise, physically, um, and then the half hour in the car with the controls to make sure you can use them and everything else. And then after that, and here's where it gets it, and I know, Andy, you've got experience with this, so feel free to, to jump in. After the, the functional driver's assessment is done for $645, you have to go through the driver's lessons. And the rate that I was quoted with their person that does it is $120 an hour. So, uh, yeah, man, let's, yeah. The assessment in and of itself is just mind boggling to me. Like you've had a medical professional, Brett, you're the same. You've had a medical professional uh, sign off to say, um, to get your accessibility parking pass, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you've already you've already had an assessment by a medical professional, and and to to be able to drive now now this uh, association is telling you you have to be assessed by our people because our people know better than medical professionals. It just doesn't make any sense. Chad, you're a full time wheelchair user, right? Yeah. Um. So. To, to put it in perspective, as this is a podcast, um, 
my forearm, and I'm not exaggerating, my forearms are bigger than your legs, right? 100%. So I don't think that you need an assessment to say you can't drive with your feet. <laughs> nope. One look at me in shorts and you can figure it out. $645, please. Yeah, right? And and that's it. $645 right off the hop, then the driver's lessons, and then, and I and I, I hate to keep jumping in and cutting it off, but then you're not even done. 120 bucks per for the lessons. He'll certify you when he thinks you're ready. Forward your information to the ministry, which then will cost me another $440 to get the indication on my license that I need to use hand control. So all in all, and that's again, and I, I just to, got a little thing on my license that says must drive with hand controls. So, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. So now in order to do that, they, and, and that was, uh, geez, I could, I've got my phone in my pocket. I, I, I wrote down all the information. I could look it up, but it, it's, it's North of 400 bucks, not as much as five, but somewhere between four and 500 bucks for the final assessment, the final paperwork that says, yes, He's done the training on the hand controls. He can use them. Put the hand controls in the car. Done. He needs, and then the indication on your license, right? Um, and, and I think, like I've literally been on Amazon. I've looked at portable hand controls that you can get done, but you can't. You can't just go put them in your car because you get stopped. You're screwed, right? And I mean that's a safety thing too. I get it. You, you can't just. What, what do you mean if you get stopped, you're screwed? Well, because. I mean, if anybody stops you and you have hand controls in your car oh, and there's no indication on your license that you need them, right? Isn't that a massive, you know, like I can't just go buy black market hand controls and throw them in my car, you know, with the mechanic that I trust. It's not that simple. I said to them when it came to the lessons, when they said 120 bucks and I kind of, I was sort of ready for that because I knew you had been through a similar experience with the driver's instructor who will only certify you when he says you're ready and as many lessons as it takes. I said, what's on average, what does it take? They said anywhere between like, it's hard to say because some people, for example, have already driven for years, have an accident and have to learn how to use hand controls. So they're already decent on the road, decent with their car, how it responds, everything else. So they said, you know, anywhere between two and 10 lessons. And I'm going, well, at 120 bucks per, that's a big difference. Right? If I remember correctly, to, to get the insurance drop, uh, which is another thing you got to think about. Well, I mean, you don't now because Crystal drives and whatever, but um, to get the insurance break, I had to have 10 hours. And um, I got my 10 hours done easy. We did like two or three lessons a week. And then he just kept being like, no, you're not ready. No, you're not ready. And um, <laughs> yeah, so finally I was like, well, I'm just going to go do the test. And I ended up passing. So I I, um, I contacted the instructor and I was like, I don't, I passed, just signed the paper. And uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> sure enough, he's like, well, we have to go out one last time. Like I have to, I have to make sure for myself, <laughs> right? So, oh, um, man. so yeah, man, it, 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 yeah, it sucks. 100%. And and that's maybe a, another another jumping off point. And, and, and again, please, if you're listening and you can and if you can share an enlightened opinion on this process. And, and I, last thing I want to do is sound like a, a judgmental asshole, for lack of a better word, but it just seems so corrupt. So if there's a, some other side that we're not seeing, please feel free to get at us and help us understand. But man, it just seems well, so, so it corrupt. It sounds like the process has changed a little bit since I 
got my license and Brad, I don't think you were too far behind me getting yours. So, uh, what was yeah? So I know I know Andy's experience because I lived it with him. I think I was one. I was I, I no no problem admitting that I was one of the first people when Andy got his license to you know to to be cruising around in this car getting getting rides to and from Mohawk College getting you know hooked up that way. What was did you what was your experience like, Brett, with 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 getting your hand controls in your car? So I went and wrote my G one and then. Uh, after I wrote my G1, we contacted uh, Blue Review Macmillan, which is a children's rehab hospital down in Toronto. And they uh, they did the exact same thing. They, you, you go in there and you have an in-class assessment behind a simulator to see whether or not you could use your feet. And at the time... My mobility was a little bit better, so there was a chance, but I failed. And then they put me in a car and uh, they had me use my feet, but they put me in a car that had a brake on the passenger side as well. So I wasn't going to kill myself and the instructor. And then they put me in a car that had hand controls uh, all on the same day. Like it was, it was a full day event. So maybe then that's what, you know, the equivalent of kind of what they're calling the clinical assessment. That's what, in this case, that's what the 445 bucks would get you, would get you a full day in various cars to figure out what you were capable of. And then once I, once, sorry, once I passed all that, um, they set me up with an instructor and uh, I don't know how much it was. This was back in high school. So I think it was either covered by my parents or by ODSP. There but yeah. I took lessons once a week. That's one thing that, that got to me too. And I sound like a, like an angry ranting guy today, but um, uh, again, I'm, I'm late to the game. I'm 36 and starting this process. And, and uh, if I had been on ODSP still, maybe, maybe all this would have been covered. But um, when I asked about, um, about insurance coverage, they mentioned that it's sometimes covered by employers and call your employer. There's nothing for OHIP. They said, were you in an accident? And I said, no. And they said, okay, because if you're in an accident, sometimes the um, the uh, car insurance place will, will pay for the ad adaptation of the vehicle, right? Sometimes your car insurance will pay for the, not for necessarily for the assessment, but at least for the installation of the controls and everything else, right? And I was just in a weird headspace at that time after having multiple conversations about this. And I thought, gosh, now it's my fault that I was born this way. <laughs> if, if I was in an accident, it would have been, it would have been cheaper, but uh, well, but it's not your fault. fault. Well, that, that's what I mean, right? Through no fault of my own, this is the the hand that I was dealt, and and I'm the most positive guy in the world. So please don't see this as me feeling sorry for myself. But but I thought, geez, it's you know, uh, if it, because you you're you're born with a disability, sorry, there's nothing we can do. Hey, Lady, Lady Gaga said it best when she said, "You're on the right track, baby. You were born this way." Yes, I'm beautiful in this way because God makes no mistakes. Okay, so we'll put the we'll put the hand controls thing to bed um, for now, and, and if you have something to say about it, please please get at us and, and share your feedback that way. Let's go. Let's flip the script to something I think we all know a little bit about as well, uh, and that is sort of wheelchair repairs and, and the money that can go into that. Um, Brett, you had, you had mentioned bike shops and using bike shops for your quick tire fixes. Is, is that still your go-to? You, you find a bike shop that you can trust versus going to a, a chair vendor? Yeah, I mean uh, it's quite a bit cheaper. I, I can get a a tube replaced for fifteen bucks, and if it 
if I had to go to my vendor and pay out of pocket, it's easily 125. Yeah. Now, forgive me for asking, Brad. I know you're you're working full time in the uh, in the chocolate factory. Do you get, do you have any uh, insurance coverage for any repairs through a benefit package or anything like that right now? I'm sure I do, but I, I haven't gone through insurance for repairs. Okay. Um, so I you're, keep uh, you're just I paying out of pocket. Back, I keep falling back on ODSP to see if they'll continue to pay for them, and if uh, if there comes a day where they say no, or I go back into the vendor and they say it was declined, then uh, such is life. I'll, I'll pay for the one repair and move on. But yeah. So it, it, again, it, to put things in perspective for for our non uh, wheelchair using listeners. Are able-bodied listeners? Um, I, I I don't know what the terminology is. You guys hammer your chair. Yeah, I'm hard on my chair. Yeah, so I I use my chair um, maybe at most like three times a week, but you guys are you guys are in, in your wheelchairs full time. Like yeah, man. the only time you're not in it. Is when you're sleeping. I used yeah, to when, yeah. I was, when I was teaching grade one and younger grades. The kids used to think I used to sleep in the chair too. It was really funny. You, but, you mean uh, you don't? I, well, sometimes if I'm really tired, you just kind of fall asleep sitting up. But uh, those cushions are comfortable. For sure. very, honestly, man, the first thing I do when I get home after a long day at work is is get out of my chair and either lay flat on the ground, stretch the back out, or lay on a couch just to try to. Stretch, stretch out my lower back because uh, scoliosis is a beast. <laughs> it's already there, and I'm not doing my back any favors. It's it's easily fair to say that uh, I I spend at least 16 hours a day in my chair. So yeah. going back to wheelchair repairs and uh, yeah. an example, or for instance, about two and a half months ago, I uh, was either taking my break off or taking putting it on and. So I went and I flipped it, and uh, it, it disintegrated in my hand. The break? The break itself. Nice. It went so, Infinity War. So Spoiler alert. Oh, I, damn it. Did I just spoil Infinity War, not Endgame. That's a whole, that's a whole like, three, four Marvel movies ago. Anyways. It's two Marvel movies. I don't know. So anyway, I, I went and I, I told the vendor what had happened and I said, do me a favor and send the quote to ODSP or whatever. And they sent the quote to ODSP and ODSP sent a response back and it was as simple as declined. <laughs> One word, nope. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know if ODSP just wants to pay for bare basic fixes or if their client's safety is uh, their priority. It's not that important. Yeah, but you'd think if I, if I was an ODSP case manager, I'd be like, this guy's only asking to get his brake replaced. It's not like, it's not like. He's <laughs> submitting a quote for a whole new chair. It's not like you're overhauling the yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah but, but the, you have to consider that they're paying for the the break itself uh, as a part, and then they're paying for the shipping, the handling, the uh, the labor 
And if you've actually taken a look at uh, one of those quotes, yeah, it's kind of disgusting. What's that? They kind of what? It's it's disgusting when yeah. you look at the quote. Yeah, I mean, if, well, it's like we were talking about with the hand controls. Everything's jacked yeah, up. Yeah, I would imagine, and I've I've lived because, I mean, again, I'm in a position where I had the luxury to flip that to an insurance company, and and I mean, I've got to pay it out first, but generally, I get it back. Um, you know. Uh, but you're you're right. I have looked at those receipts and those invoices, and they'll ding you for like every nut and bolt on the chair that they can. You know what I mean? It's a, the markup is is incredible. So we want you to be productive people in society. We want you to do everything that able-bodied people do, but we're gonna do everything we can. To make sure it costs as much yeah i mean reasonably yeah yeah it's interesting you, you said it andy it's you know go 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 be productive and contribute to society and and overcome all those obstacles but but it, but it, it it may end up costing you some more money <laughs> you know I, I don't know i just kind of shake my head at it you know and this is a little bit uh off center and probably a brand new can of worms but if you're gonna uh, ask me to do that. Pay me a living wage, because mm. <laughs> whatever I'm making right now, uh, granted I'm working, I'm one of the lucky ones, whatever. But pay me a working, a living wage so I can survive day to day. Yeah, but that's the point, man. Your your living wage goes up simply because you're you're trying to be productive, yeah. right? Like, well, and the irony is that. I'm not making minimum wage, but I mean, I'm technically I'm living below the poverty mm. line. And I mean, that, that, that's not a, the, a woe is me moment. That that's, that's just simply reality. Yeah. Okay. So listen, guys, we, we've chatted uh, vehicle modifications. We've chatted uh, about uh, wheelchair repairs. What is, what does it look like? And, and I mean, I sort of know the answer to this, but now, what, what, what happens when you have to make modifications to your living arrangements in your house? Now, I mean, I, I'll be the first one to say that I rent my house um, and that um, my father literally built the ramp to me. I live in a bungalow, uh, one floor with a basement, and um, my father built uh, the ramp up the side of my house into my back door. So it's a small house, but I can get around in it. Haven't had to pay a whole bunch to get it modified. Brett, your story is probably a little bit different. You got the, the loft happening with your mom now. What, what's what's going on in, in your living situation? And and, and uh, have there been extra costs around it? And then I'm, I'm anticipating the answer because I know. But but uh, sort of give us some some of your thoughts. So she ended up finding a bungalow loft. Uh, in Mississauga. And, and the reason we moved from Oakville to Mississauga is because we couldn't find or she couldn't find a bungalow that was big enough uh, to, I guess, suit the na- needs of two independent individuals, uh, two independent uh, adults. So she found a bungalow in Mississauga and she she's renovated it quite extensively there there's a wheel-in bathroom uh with a, a wheel-in shower and uh a wheel, wheel under her sink and then there's a uh a patio stone uh ramp up the front and uh just recently we got a a lift in the garage so i mean 
my house is extensively renovated. I I would suggest for my needs. I mean, uh, when I say extensively renovated, it's not really. It's probably bare bones for for a lot of people with disabilities. But I mean, we we seem to make it work. Guys, I I, I the the only thing I'm gonna contribute to this is. I, I've been recently told that my house is the most inaccessible house that uh, a certain individual has been to. So I have absolutely nothing to say on this. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording tonight from our individual homes uh, remotely, which has been very convenient when it works. And uh, we used to record, uh, Andy and I, and, and again, thank you for the support. If you've been listening to the older episodes, you're welcome to go back and check them out on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, however you're listening to your podcast. But the older episodes we would record, just Andy and I sit around his house, and I used to joke around with him that uh, for for uh, – a podcast about disabilities and accessibility uh we recorded in a not so accessible house i had to go up quite a few stairs just to to make that happen if you are sort of uh new to our podcast listening tonight even for the first time um we should mention again this is probably i think the third time that we've had brett with us that, that that's made the air we've tried to do this a couple of times uh brett's story uh is inspiring and incredible it motivates me um the necessity with you and your mom came uh not necessity but the move with you and your mom and the new place came after the loss of of your dad and so as you got you got two uh two adults just trying to make a go so i didn't realize now and i, I have, admittedly haven't been to your place brett so but that that's quite a bit of uh of extensive renovation going on in that place well and i think all along my mom always just wanted to make sure that i had a place to hang my hat and knowing how much rent is and the fact that I'm single and don't really get along with others. And that should be a disclaimer. <laughs> Does not but, play well with but, others. Uh, but but I, I think it, it works out well in this regard. Uh, you, you just touched on the fact that uh, my mom's a widow. So, I mean, the, the fact that I... I think we both, uh, we don't dote on each other, but uh, the companionship is there yeah, for sure. I, I have to say it too. I have to plug it because it's one of my favorites. We've done, I don't know how many we've published. I've lost count, but you got to go back. If you're listening to this one and you haven't heard it, you got to go back and check out. I think it's maybe our third or fourth episode. The first time we had Brett, uh, he goes in depth into his story of uh, of the loss of his dad. That was the first time I heard that story from you, Brett, and, and it shook me to my core. I was deeply inspired by everything that uh, – that you've had to deal with and uh, the resiliency of your mom and everything is incredible. So pretty rad that you guys are making a go uh, of it uh, in your, in your little world. I love that, man. I'm inspired by it. It's really cool. But, but uh, I've, I've, I'm of the mind and I've always been of the mind or at least I became of the mind that you don't really sugarcoat things. You just, you tell them how, how they were or how they are and just, uh, I don't say things to inspire others. I, I just, I live my life one day at a time. I put my pants on one leg at a time, unless I feel a little bit brave and I try to put them on two legs at a time while jumping off my bed. It, it's one of those things like you're, I'm just, I'm trying desperately to, to carve a path for myself. And I've been a little bit slower than others and I've been a little bit quicker than quite a few others. So. Listen, man, I, I don't think 
anybody that knows you um, outside of what they read on Facebook and I, I'm notoriously bad for that as well but anybody that knows you even a little bit of your story would would not uh, would not have anything bad to say I, I, I don't think I, I mean, I'm, you... Andy I'm, I'm just 100% real I, I, I do my best to make sure that I don't deal with anybody's bullshit and I'm I, admittedly I'm a, I'm opinionated and I always not always but uh, I feel a lot of the time that my opinion is right and if you don't like it I to be perfectly honest I don't really care yeah I think I that's one that. of the many reasons that uh, that I like it we like it we keep having you on we keep trying to get this one off, these episodes off the ground with you on them but your transparency your no-nonsense approach is exactly what we want. We've sort of made it a tagline of the podcast here, real talk around disabilities with no excuses. What you see is what you get. We're just dudes trying to trying to, trying to, to live life. And if it's inspiring, awesome. But I don't think we set out to try and be that way. And uh, you model that well. And I think that's why why this works and, and why I, I see it being a big part of the podcast moving forward. I love the three of us uh, just ranting about life. All right, so we're almost wrapping up. Uh, if you've been listening, and again, thanks for all that support. You know that we usually devote the last few minutes of each episode to an offside moment, those those WTF moments, those holy cow moments, and we've already mentioned a few tonight, but Brett's got tonight's offside. I don't know what's coming, but I'm excited to hear it. Take it away, Bretsky. So I was on my way home from work earlier this week, and I got a text message from my buddy saying, uh, I, I've gone for a walk if you want to join me. So... Uh, I met him uh, about 15 minutes later. We decided to go for a walk slash wheel slash propel slash whatever you want to call wheelchairs going in one direction is. So we, we went for a walk and it was probably about 5K and we're about halfway through our walk and we come across two old ladies who were on a run. Like literally they were probably in their 70s. They were on a run and we, we greeted them pleasantly and uh one of these ladies had a fanny pack and she said sorry 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 can, can you slow down can you can you stop can you stop can you slow and as she's doing this she's reaching into her fanny pack and she pulls out her phone and she tries to take our picture and as she she says can i take a picture can i take a picture and i was like yeah you can take my picture but i'm not stopping for you and i literally left her in my dust oh man you you're a jerk yeah i'm <laughs> one of those like jerk yeah yeah i am so so what was your concern that she was going to post that and be like look at these two Hashtag inclusion, hashtag accessibility, hashtag Mississauga, hashtag, hashtag I'm in a wheelchair. I'm not a charity case. Yes. Preach brother. So oh, I, mean, I, I just, I didn't have time for anything like that. I really didn't. Was your, was your got time for that? Was it, was your workout buddy slash walking friend? Was he, um, is he able bodies or is he in a chair as well? No, he's in a chair as well, and he was equally as annoyed, but he was a lot less vocal. Oh, well, oh so that's he, why he, she wanted the picture. There's yeah. two of you in one place. You're like the elusive. You're like the elusive white-tailed deer. <laughs> I think I said to her. I, I think I said to her. Uh, you know what? You can take my picture as long as you can keep up, because I'm not stopping. 
Oh my goodness. And I was bumming along pretty good. So the, oh my goodness was not to you that the, oh my goodness was to the person that wanted to take your picture. Look at these boys. Look at them doing things with their lives. So, okay. To be clear, you, 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 uh, you, you didn't appreciate the fact that these, uh, fit older women wanted to take your picture like they, okay. Let's clarify. They wanted your picture. They didn't want a picture with you. Correct. Is that is that correct? Correct. But my name is wow. Brett Wills. I have spina bifida. I'm 34 years old, mm-hmm. and I will not be part of any inspiration porn. Inspiration porn. So so so. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get that. Then that that sucks. Like they won't like come take a picture with us. Is no. that that's cool? I I th- I throw up the. I'd throw up the deuces and be like, you guys are awesome. Even if I said it sarcastically, but um, yeah, no, You're that's sarcastic, uh, Andy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just really good at it. So you, it sounds like I'm genuine. Oh, um, man. Interesting stuff. Deuces, right. ladies. I got to go. You're welcome to take my picture, but I'm not stopping. I love it, Brett. I'm not going to be turned into an inspiring you know moment for your day so they will go up on social media look at these two gentlemen who are out for a walk listen it's the part of the night where i thank you for listening i hope you're getting something out of this we're just trying to be real about our lives and and the fact that we're not innately inspiring but thank you if you are it's not a life goal for us we try to do something with our lives and if you find inspiration from it that's fantastic but please don't stop us and ask to take our picture I, oh my gosh i don't even know what to say to that i don't know um on that note i'm gonna thank everybody for listening we deeply appreciate you listening to the team ability no excuses podcast you can go back and check out all the old episodes on itunes spotify anchor however you're listening to them chad andy and brett thanks again man you just bring a whole other dimension of well you just you bring at least four more wheels to the podcast so we appreciate you very much thanks fellas have a good evening Take care of yourselves again. Thanks again for listening to the Team Ability No Excuses podcast. Chad, Andy, and Brett saying goodnight. Cheers.